I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, I'm Sarah. And I'm Toby. And this is the Whispering Woods podcast. This episode is all about... Haunted Japanese dolls. It sure is. Feels a bit strange, doesn't it? Because this is the first time that we've recorded since before Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hope everybody had a good winter break and a happy new year. We have a new patron to give a shout out to... Tracy Greer. Yeah. Hi, Tracy. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash the whispering woods. And we've got a number of tiers there for you to take a look at. We have also got a couple of shout outs to give this week. I'm not sure if we've read this review or not. I can't remember. So we're just going to do it again anyway, just in case we've missed it. Main 2K, absolutely great. This is a great podcast and listen to this every morning. I recommend to anyone who loves ghost stories, some are quite scary and some aren't, but this is the best scary podcast out there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what a compliment. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also received a lovely email this morning from Tamara, who listens with her two daughters, who are 11 and 13 years old. Um, she's written, I just wanted to reach out and mention how much my daughters and I love your podcast. I have an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old. It's been fun listening in and hearing Toby's voice change throughout the year as he becomes a teen. We love his spooky little goodbye. <laughs> you have a lovely voice as well, perfect for spooky storytelling. I think it would be great to hear some stories about ghost hands. We live near Rochester, New York, and I have a short story about an experience I had. And Tamara has written down her experience with ghost hands. 
So I'm going to see if I can find any more stories and then we can add this one and do a podcast episode on ghost hands. Right, on with the stories. I've been digging deep. Because I'm doing research for the book, I'm coming across all these fabulous tales that we haven't covered yet. So we've got three true stories of Japanese haunted dolls. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for the first story? Yes, I am. The Okiku doll is a traditional Japanese doll that looks deceptively simple. It's a wooden doll with a bob hairstyle wearing a red kimono. On the surface, it appears like any other doll from Japanese tradition. But its history tells a different story. According to the legend, the doll was purchased by a 17-year-old boy named Ikichi Suzuki during a visit to Sapporo for a marine exhibition in 1918. It was a gift from his travels for his two-year-old sister, Okiku, who also gave the doll her name. Okiku loved her new doll, which served as the little girl's companion. She cherished it like an actual sibling, sharing her meals and bed, until she died suddenly from an illness at the age of three. It's said that the girl's last moments were terrifying, and she died gasping for air in pain and afraid, never letting go of the precious doll. The doll was not laid to rest with Okiku, even though she adored it. Instead, devastated by their loss, Okiku's family put the doll on the household altar, where they prayed in memory of their daughter. Before long, the family noticed that the hair on Okiku's doll had begun to grow as if the hair was on a child's head. The doll's hair had grown past its original length, reaching from the chin to the shoulders. The family home became a terrifying place after Okiku's death, with the strange occurrences surrounding the doll. They would see lights flickering and hear banging noises, especially around Okiku's birthday. They would also notice that the doll's hair was growing longer and longer as if it was alive. Sometimes, they would glimpse the doll moving its eyes or mouth, or even blinking. They would also hear the doll whispering or crying, especially at night. And they would see tears on the doll's face, as if it was mourning for its lost life. The family was convinced that their daughter's soul was trapped within the doll, and they had to appease the spirit through the doll. They had shamans come to the house to confirm this, and they carefully maintained the doll's hair and condition. They treated the doll as if it were their daughter, and hoped that one day she would find peace. The doll remained with Okiku's family until 1938, when they moved to Iwami Zawa in Hokkaido. They gave the doll to the Menenji Temple, where she remained enshrined after deciding that the doll should stay in Hokkaido, where the paranormal phenomena began. The Okiko doll's hair growing continued when she moved into her new home in the temple. 
Allegedly, her cropped hair grew nearly 10 inches all the way down to her knees during the beginning of her stay at the temple and continues to require trimming to stop it from growing out of control. The priest who cuts her hair was said to have received a message from Okiku in his dreams asking him to keep her hair trimmed. A TV series called The World of Super Mystery visited the temple and interviewed the staff caring for Okiku for decades. One of them, a man named Kiyoshi Wantanabe, said that he had witnessed the doll blink its eyes several times and felt a cold chill down his spine when he saw it. He also said that the doll sometimes looked happy, sad or angry, depending on the mood of the temple. The programme also showed some footage of the doll, which showed a slight smile. However, the narrator said that the smile could be an optical illusion caused by the camera's lighting and angle. They also reiterated that no scientific explanation existed for the doll's hair growth. One visitor who felt they had a strong connection to the doll was a woman named Yoko, who came to see Okiku at the temple in 2017. According to Yoko, she had always been fascinated by haunted dolls, and she had heard about Okiku from a friend who had visited the temple before. She decided to go to Hokkaido and see the doll for herself. When she arrived at the temple, she felt a strange attraction to the doll and asked the priest if she could touch it. The priest agreed and Yoko gently held the doll in her arms. She said she felt a warm and comforting sensation from the doll and sensed sadness and loneliness. She wanted to hug and comfort the doll, but she feared angering the spirit inside it. Yoko said she stayed with the doll for about an hour, thanked the priest and left. But she still thinks about it often and hopes to revisit it someday. She believes the doll is haunted by the spirit of Okiku and is looking for love and peace. Another visitor named Hiroshi went to see Okiku in 2019 and was interviewed by a YouTube channel called Paranormal Japan, which explores various haunted locations and phenomena in Japan. According to Hiroshi, he was curious about the legend of Okiku and he wanted to see the doll for himself. He said that he was not afraid of the doll and even took a selfie with it. He felt nothing unusual while at the temple and he left after a few minutes. However, that night he had a terrible nightmare. He said he dreamed he was back at the temple and the doll was staring at him with a malicious grin. Hiroshi said the doll suddenly jumped out of its glass case and ran towards him with its long hair flying behind it. It grabbed his neck with its tiny hands and tried to strangle him. He felt a sharp pain in his throat and he couldn't breathe. After waking up screaming, he was covered in sweat and had a sore throat and fever and he believed the doll had cursed him. Hiroshi was terrified by his nightmare and regretted going to see the doll. He tried to contact the temple priest, but he could not reach him. He also tried to delete the selfie he took with the doll, 
but he could not find it on his phone. The Roshi reported that he felt the doll was still watching him and wanted to get rid of the evil presence that was now latched onto him. A journalist named Kenji was interested in the legend of Okiku and he wanted to write a detailed report on the doll and its history. He visited the temple and asked the priest for permission to take a photo of the doll. The priest agreed, but warned him not to disturb the doll or disrespect its spirit. Kenji said he ignored the priest's warning and tried to take a close-up shot of the doll's face. He said he used a flash and touched the doll's hair and dress. Feeling nothing unusual while taking the photo, he thanked the priest and left. However, when he checked his camera, he found that the photo he took was corrupted and unreadable. He tried to fix it with software, but he could not recover the image. Kenji also noticed that his phone battery had drained quickly and that he had no signal. Annoyed by the technical difficulties, he returned to his hotel and wrote his article based on his notes and memories. That night, he received a mysterious text message from a number he didn't recognise. The message said, Leave me alone. Puzzled and scared by the message, he tried to reply but got no response. He also tried to call the number but got a busy tone. Kenji wondered if the message was from the doll and felt terrified and guilty about the way he had treated the doll. He deleted the message and then tried to forget about it. The next day, he finished his article and submitted it to his editor. Hoping that the article would not anger the doll or its spirit, Kenji also apologised to the doll in his mind. He received no further messages from the unknown number and has no intention of ever revisiting the doll. The Okiku doll is considered one of Japan's most haunted objects and has attracted the attention of many paranormal enthusiasts and researchers. Some have tried to examine the doll's hair, hoping to find a scientific explanation for its growth. However, the Templars refused to allow any testing on the doll, saying that it would disrespect the spirit of Okiku. I think I've mentioned another story like this before, um, and it was when Cocker, Grandad Cocker, gave me a ghost book when I was really young, mm. and it had something very similar. And this doll would sit on the chair and sort of comb her hair. Um, freaky. Now I know you hate dolls as much as the world population probably do. There is something very unnerving about a scary doll just stood there looking at you blankly. Yeah, if my daughter died and her and her doll like. Was making like weird sounds. I wouldn't think twice about it. Oh yeah, it's my daughter. Like, and if it was like being, if it was just being creepy, full stop, I'd burn it to the ground. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm not sure that I believe so much that a person can take over a doll. It just yeah. strikes me more as like demonic entities. Yeah, you know, I believe in like if someone like dies and it gives you signs because obviously there's that video I told you about in it where that. Guy's granddad died, mm. and like she kept seeing him everywhere where she looked with his middle finger yeah, up and that, and yeah. in the clouds and all that. 
I believe that stuff like that could happen because mm-hmm. like you see faces in stuff that mm-hmm. you, obviously there's not supposed to be a face in. But yeah, I, I reckon like that's real, but I don't reckon he'd come back as like a doll. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they could probably come back as like a bird or something. Like that would be more believable than a doll, I guess. Yeah, I just it just strikes me as something evil when yeah. it's like in an object like that. Because it's like nobody knows dolls as being all friendly and that. They know them as being as creepy, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I just burn it. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. <laughs> right, are you ready for the second story? This one is it's still pretty creepy, not as scary, um, but also it's kind of the, the story behind it, which is, you know, it's very evocative. So, are you ready for the second story? Yes, I am. Nagoro is a small village in the Aya Valley on the island of Shikoka, Japan. It used to have about 300 residents, but many died or moved away over the years, leaving the village almost deserted, with only around 30 people living there now. But if you visit Naguru, you might think it's still populated. Hundreds of life-sized dolls sit, stand or lie around the village. They're in the fields, on the streets, in the bus stop, in the school, and even in the toilets. They look like real people, wearing clothes and having facial expressions, but they're not alive. They are made of straw, fabric, newspapers, and old clothes. They are the creations of one woman, Tsukimi Ayano. Tsukimi Ayano is a former resident of Naguru, who returned to her hometown in 2001 after living in Osaka, Japan's third largest city. She was shocked to see how empty and lonely the village had become. She decided to make dolls to fill the void and honour the memory of the departed villagers. She started by making a scarecrow in her father's likeness for a vegetable garden. Then she made more dolls based on actual or imagined people, and placed them around the village. She has now made over 400, and about 350 of them are situated in locations around the village. The dolls are not meant to scare anyone, according to Ayano. They are her way of coping with the loss and loneliness that she feels in Naguru. They are also her way of preserving the village and its culture, which is slowly fading away. She hopes that the dolls will make people aware of the problem of depopulation and rural decline in Japan and inspire people to visit and appreciate the village and its history. The dolls have become a tourist attraction and have drawn the attention of many visitors and the media. Some people have reported having spooky experiences with the dolls, including feeling watched or followed by them. There have also been reports of feeling a cold chill or a sense of dread when approaching the dolls and seeing them move or change position. They also report hearing the dolls whisper or laugh. A Japanese television series visited Nagaru and interviewed some locals and visitors, 
The program also showed some footage of the dolls and their locations. One of the recordings purportedly shows one of the dolls moving its head and eyes. The doll was sitting on a bench near a bus stop, and the camera zoomed in on its face. The host said that the doll's head moved slightly to the left, and that its eyes seemed to follow the movement. They also reported that the doll's mouth opened and closed slightly, as if trying to say something. This was put down to paranormal activity by the show, and they concluded that the doll was possessed by a spirit. They also described that some of the crew members felt dizzy and nauseous while filming in the village, and they attributed this to the presence of the dolls. A local woman named Kaiku was interviewed by another television show. She lived near Naguru and often visited the village. Kaiku said she had seen the dolls move and talk at night, and on one particular occasion, they had even followed her home. Kaiku was terrified of the dolls and believed they were possessed by the spirits of the dead villagers, and they wanted to take her soul. These experiences may be caused by the dolls' realistic appearance, the village's eerie atmosphere, or the psychological effect of being surrounded by inanimate objects that resemble humans. But some believe the dolls have a supernatural power and contain the souls of the dead. Naguru is a unique and intriguing place where dolls and humans coexist in strange harmony. It's a place to experience the beauty and the horror of life and death. What do you think of that one then? Yeah, spooky. Spooky and sad, isn't it? You know, that that she's there, hardly any villagers left anymore. Um, It's like a dying way of life, isn't it? You know, it's it's dying out, that sort of village life in Japan, which is really sad. Um, But also, spooky. If I was walking around the village, you, oh... You know? Just dead empty, isn't it? With, with those dolls hanging about. Yeah. The shadow play would just make you think they were alive. Yeah. Their eyes were moving. <laughs> if I were to come back to like our village, innit? Everybody was gone. Mm. And, like Everybody from the house in here. Like, no, you wouldn't know what to do. Like, yeah, I think that's that's why she made the dolls. Because it's like, is there any friendly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are other villagers who still live there, but... If you were used to being at sort of a really bustling, busy village, like this one is, mm. it would be really eerie. But then it made it even more eerie with, like, replicas of the villagers just around. Yeah, trust. <laughs> that reminds me of, like, these people that had uh, this house where, like, the behind it was a train and, then, like, the train crashed one day or something. Mm. And, like, every day, yeah. Uh, there's mannequins on the porch, like, moving in different positions and wearing different clothes. Like, just every day they're just sat out there looking at the train track. That sounds really familiar. Yeah, you probably heard of it. Yeah. And it also reminds me of uh, this series in it where they're, like, camping and this guy is, like, alone and he's camping and he makes a coconut, a friend. Like, he puts a <laughs> coconut on a stick and speaks to him. Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. Is it stranded? Yeah. You want about that? I, th- I think so, innit? Because, mm. yeah, I think so. He's like a rich, like, posh, like, royal family guy or something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do remember one of my, well, Elle's and Natalie's daughter, one of my friend's daughters, and she came on holiday with us. 
with her, her one of her mates, but the other one couldn't come. So they got a giant pebble and they drew a face on it and just mm. took her around everywhere on the holiday, pretending it was their mate. I used to find <laughs> rocks and draw faces on them yeah. in primary school, <laughs> innit? Yeah. I used to like, find the best rock and like, trade it with people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> or if not? I find a tennis ball, I'd put a face on that as well. <laughs> Simpler times. Yeah. <laughs> right, are you ready for the third and final story? Yes, I am. The story of Ikiningyo is one of the most chilling tales to come out of Japan. It all began in 1978, when Junji Inagawa, an actor, scriptwriter and director of traditional Japanese plays, participated in a late-night radio broadcast. While he was getting ready, he found one of his crew crying hysterically. The man who was a singer told him that he had heard the voice of one of his fans while one of his songs was playing. The problem was that said fan had died months ago. Inagawa, being a man who dedicated part of his career to investigating supernatural events, took it surprisingly well and took the show's director back home in a taxi since the guy was still a bit shaken about the whole incident that happened in the radio station. Suddenly, Inagawa sees something in the streets. A little girl wearing a red kimono. To this day, he claims the little girl seemed normal until she started to levitate and swiftly flew towards him. Neither the director nor the taxi driver saw anything. After this incident, he reported hearing weird noises and footsteps at his house but he didn't give much thought to it Later Inagawa began working on a new theatrical project which involved a doll as a central prop To his horror when the doll was presented to him he would notice how much she resembled the girl he saw that night This would be the beginning of a nightmare From that moment, the lives of the people working on the play would become quite hectic. The artisan who made the doll vanished. The scriptwriter's house was burned down and the cousin of the puppeteer in charge died suddenly. Accidents happened too during rehearsals, which not only affected props, but also the crew, with a few of them getting hurt. Curiously, most of the wounds affecting them occurred on their right hand and the right knee. Inagawa became increasingly concerned about his crew's well-being and decided to take the doll to different temples and shrines. But things only got worse. The doll seemed to have a life of its own and would move around the house. Inagawa would hear footsteps and strange noises coming from the room where the doll was kept. He even claimed that the doll would sometimes speak to him in a child's voice. The doll's eyes would follow him around the room and he felt as if it was watching him. Eventually, Inagawa decided to put the doll in a coffin and bury it. But the doll's curse was far from over. Inagawa's father 
died suddenly the next day after the doll was buried. Inagawa himself would later claim that he was haunted by the doll for years after the incident. He would hear strange noises and footsteps in his house, and he would sometimes see the doll in his dreams. The doll's curse seemed to have taken hold of him, and he was never able to shake it off. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Well, yeah, that's just plain straight and simple. You don't own dolls or nothing like that. <laughs> it's just weird, isn't it? Who likes dolls? Do you know what that? What makes me? What it makes me think of? When you're creating something, that much passion, I think some of that energy can get transferred. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, think that's what like happened. Like Chucky in it because he done that the spell like with his dark magic, and then like he became the the doll. Yeah. Because he was doing it. I don't somewhere. really know much about Chucky, to be perfectly honest. Mm. It's not my type of horror, but, but I mean, we did watch the silly one the other the other week, didn't we? But they are kind of silly, aren't they, those? Yeah. But I do, I do believe that. Like, if you see some artists and they do these amazing pieces of artwork and then people say that they're haunted and stuff, I think some of that energy gets transferred mm. from the artist who actually makes it, made it and the other people that have been around or part of it. And for some reason, that energy wants a nice. Yeah. So it's like a mixture of the girl who was who died, unfortunately. The bit that really got me was the, the levitating bit and then coming towards him. Yeah. That's terrifying. I don't I don't know what goes like through the spirit's head as well. Like when they're thinking, Oh yeah, I'll just suck myself and I'll just be a doll, like <laughs> wouldn't you want to be a spirit? You could float through walls and that. Yeah, and just terrorise people and I still scare think, them. I still think that there are it's just evil energy. I don't I don't reckon it is like the ghost spirit of yeah. people, you know? If I were to die in it and I was to come back as a ghost, I'd terrorise all my mates. And mm. I just make them all think that they're getting haunted by some evil spirit, but it's just me terrorising <laughs> them like Just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I could just like watch down or watch below. And be and just be like, just laugh at them like, oh, they honestly think is like is Sabrina or or Satan or something, and it's just me. Yeah, like when you all went up to the um the asylum, yeah. <laughs> start kicking ass. Yeah, oh dear. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Hope you enjoyed, and we'll catch up with you again soon. Yeah, we will be back again on Thursdays for some more creepy doll stories. I'm a bit in between. 
which ones to choose, to be honest, because we haven't covered the Mexican island of dolls, which is is a really interesting case. Um, But I've heard it so many times before, so I'm a bit like, "Mm, should I cover it? Should I cover it? I think I'm going to, just so that we've done it on this podcast, because, you know, things are different. People tell stories differently, don't they? Um, So I think I'll probably go for that one and another one for the extra on Thursday. Right, well, we hope you enjoyed and we will catch up with you again soon. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.